Podcasting from sunny and spiritual AF San Diego. This is Nutrition for the Soul, a holistic hub for all my women looking to clear the noise when it comes to their health and well-being. Wow, that was a tongue twister, it felt. Um, I'm your host, Nia, holistic nutritionist, wellpreneur, and pretty much just a girl here to serve and learn on this journey with you. So thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's your first time um, listening or maybe you've listened since I started last month. So thank you for being here. Um, So today I'm going to uh, get into our card drawing right away. And then from there, we will start discussing how to create balance in your life. So when I went to go draw this card before um, I started started to press record, I opened up my deck and I saw the first card. And the first card there was the number 11, which is my favorite number. And it said balance. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fitting for what I'm about to talk about, how to be balanced in everyday life when um, life pops up and you're trying to eat better and be on a um, holistic transformation journey. So let me go ahead and read what this card says. Um, So it has the number 11 and it just says balance. It says this card represents the need for balance and harmony with your inner life as well as with what's surrounding you in the physical world. This denotes that some lifestyle adjustments are required at this time. It could be associated with love, relationships, business, or even your career. The balance card is also being shown to you to make you realize that what you perceive to be happening around you is really an externalization of an inner process or conflict that you may be currently experiencing. This card will often appear if you work in the legal field or when you're involved in law-related matters. Hopefully none serious. <laughs> Have faith that justice will triumph as justice and karma go hand in hand. Take only what you've earned, treat people fairly, and don't take advantage of anyone. This is all part of living a balanced karmic life. When determining something, there must be a state of balance emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually so that you can make rational decisions and logical judgments. This is a time to be honest and caring and responsible for the choices that you've made as well as the ones that will be made in the future. So... That's my message for this episode and this week. And like I said, super fitting because today I'm talking about how to keep balance um, when it comes to your health, um, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So whether you're trying to make better eating habits and life keeps happening and you feel like you're like a hamster on a hamster wheel, or you keep skipping the gym because you're a busy mom and you just can't squeeze the time in, or maybe you're having a hard time um, really balancing like the spiritual aspect of you and how to be human at the same time. Um, I'm going to give you some um, notes, if you will, um, that you can um, take with you and uh, maybe even find the solution or tool to uh, give you the ability to find that happy space for you. Because I'm telling you, it's not going to be what I do, but I want to share the tips and tricks that I've used over the years because um, these are the same things I do with my clients and this is what creates the powerful transformation that we create together. So um, without further ado, let's dive right in. I want to cut to the chase and uh, be as um, diligent and potent as possible and kind of clear the chatter because I know I get really annoyed when some podcasts do that, but 
um, still being human. (laughs) So, um, the first thing that I would say helps, um, when you're trying to live a balanced, healthy lifestyle and not, um, be burdened by when life situations happen. And I'm saying like a last minute happy hour or your kid unexpectedly gets sick and you now have to sacrifice your workout that you had scheduled or, um, something crazy in your life happens and you're trying to find emotional balance and groundedness. And now you're having to move or your relationship and like, where is that middle ground? And that, like I said, is going to be very different for you. But um, I think when we are, and this is my first tip, is to be as prepared as possible. And when I say that, I mean create a lifestyle in which you are not reacting to everything constantly. So invite mindfulness into your life. What do I mean by that is that the practice of meditation could be a starting point for you at that point. So So say for example, and you brush your teeth and you leave for work and that's just like 30 minutes left for you to get ready and there's really no mindfulness. You're just constantly reacting. The beauty of meditation is that you carve out space to sit still so that you have this tool, this superpower, if you will, when life does happen because life is always going to be happening. There is no perfect time to do anything. If you reference my first episode, I said, there's no perfect time to give up alcohol. There's no perfect time for anything really. (laughs) Um, So it's a matter of uh, inviting that time and and creating the space and being really, really intentional that like, this is going to be uncomfortable no matter what. So I might as well start doing it if I really want this change. Um, if you're someone who's never meditated before, um, highly recommend you downloading an app called insight timer. It's one of the only free, um, meditation apps that I've ever come across. All the others have like, oh yeah, you can access this for a week and then you have to pay or, Um, This one's only five minutes, and if you want the one that's 20 minutes, you have to pay the monthly thing. There are options to buy courses within the app, but there's like hundreds of thousands of free meditation. I've never ran into the issue of like, oh my gosh, I want to do this meditation, but I don't have to pay. So great tool, or even YouTube (laughs) for that matter. Um, But if I could be even more specific with this, when I said be as prepared as possible, not be in a reactive mode is say, you know, for example, that you tend to eat out more on the weekends or, um, your friend wants to hang out and your thing is getting lunch together, or you guys go out to happy hour and get a few cocktails and appetizers, which tend to be more on the heavier side when it comes to food. Maybe it's fried because that's generally what's on the happy hour, right? Like calamari, french fries, pizza, etc., which are all yummy foods and you're totally allowed to enjoy those in moderation. Um, and uh, trust me, when you're in a balanced state, your body will not want those things in excess. So let me give you that example. So say your friend's like, hey, I want to hang out tonight and um, let's go get a happy hour. And you're like, you know what? Like I wanted to socialize, like, but I also want to be able to enjoy myself and stay on top of my goals, whether you're making a healthy lifestyle shift with your diet or maybe you plan to work out. This would be how I'd personally play this out. So say it's three o'clock and your friend's like, hey, can you meet at five? Personally, 
I would say, hey, can we meet at 5.30? And I would squeeze a 20-minute workout in, whether it's just a quick brisk walk, um, doing some like squats and push-ups or something. If you're really committed, you're like, you know what? I really wanted to get a workout on, but I also want to socialize with my friend. I'd squeeze something in. A workout does not have to be an hour long for you to break a sweat for you to feel good in your body, for you to stay committed to that daily exercise goal if that's something that you're trying to work toward. Um, so that can be an option for you. Or you, if you really don't want to do that, you don't do it. You create that boundary and say, hey, why don't we do this tomorrow instead? But if something pops up or say, I know when I worked in the corporate world, it would always be like company happy hours. And maybe that workout goal isn't quite um, accessible. Maybe you work in like an office space where desks are all around you, like a cubicle and you feel silly. Um, clock out at five, do your thing, go outside. Um, if it, you have to miss a workout, this is what I'm going to say to you. It's not the end of the world. (laughs) Um, the way you can keep on track when you're at that happy hour now, when it comes to food is invite that aspect of mindfulness. So you can totally enjoy fries and enjoy a yummy cocktail um, without it having to be strictly vodka soda with a squeeze of lemon. I can't even drink that drink anymore because it's how much I used to drink it um, when I was younger and so obsessed with not getting sugar and carbs and stuff in my diet. And uh, if that's like a drink of choice and you can tolerate it, yeah, totally go for it. But if you were like me and you want like a fancy mojito, um, something I like to do is like, I'm very vocal with whoever is serving me. Mind you, if I'm in a dive bar, it's a lot harder to, uh, have my needs met. So, uh, that's when I would, if you're really conscious of like, Hey, you know what? I, need to stick to this because like I mentioned that there's never a perfect time. Um, but if you're at a restaurant and assuming cause there's a happy hour, yeah, be very vocal with your, um, server and just be like, Hey, you know what? Like I can't really tolerate that much sugar, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like straight up with them. And they're like, okay, let me make this for you. And usually bartenders or waitresses or waiters love doing that because it's like they get to go off the wall and they're not ordering the same boring things. So an opportunity to connect. <laughs> um, and the same thing with your food. Like if there's a happy hour and it's limited and say people order a whole bunch of food and it's not necessarily things that are within the type of meal plan that you're eating for, um, that can be really conflicting. And then there's that fine line of like, well, do I be restrictive or do I enjoy myself? And I don't think you need to be restrictive, but I don't think you need to to enjoy yourself. You need to go full on out and binge. So what I would personally do is I like to order like for an appetizer, for example, I'll do like a fun food. So calamari, for example, I like calamari. And then for my course or something else to split, I'm like, hey, it's on the happy hour menu. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, Do you want to split a salad, Sarah, whoever you're happy hour with or with a coworker? Like you have to be an advocate for your needs because if you rely on other people and other situations to fulfill that for you, you're never going to succeed in this journey of wellness. And part of that is self-care and a form of self-care is eating healthy and nutritionally and for your body. Like you can totally have the French fries, but maybe your body deserves some vegetables because like it makes your body feel good and 
even if you eat just something light, like maybe just have a little bit of French fries and you go home and have a nutritious dinner. Like that's also a way to incorporate that. So if you have that option, something that I would like to add on to this first point is be the one to choose the restaurant because that way you can kind of scope out things. This is something I do with my clients all the time. So they're like, okay, I'm going to be going out to dinner with my friends that are in town. I'm like, send me the menu. And that way we kind of like, okay, what would you get if like I wasn't there with you? Or if I, if you didn't have me as your coach and they'll usually say like, Oh, oh I would get this bowl. And I'm like, that's great. And they're like, but it has dairy in it. Or, uh, it has, it's really heavy in carbs. Again, be vocal with your, your server and just be like, Hey, you know what? I really want this. Is there any way that we could like put that bread on the side or get the burger without the bun and have the French fries just to balance it out? Not because carbs are bad and you can't have the bun and the French fries, Totally. If that's the, uh, what you're going for and you just want to enjoy yourself. Yeah. But if you're trying to like, maybe you have a goal to like be a little bit more healthier with your food choices and you tend to eat out often, that's also okay as well. And maybe, uh, sacrificing the bun because you know gluten doesn't feel good for you or having the bun and the fries are really heavy and it just slows you down. It bogs your energy and you just don't feel good. So Um, coming at it from that space and finding that happy ground where you get to enjoy yourself, but you're also not restrictive. (laughs) Okay. So that's my tip number one. So number two is, uh, buy the book called intuitive eating. So if you don't like to read, um, I need you to learn to love to read because this book changed my entire life. This is exactly why I do the work I do today. Besides my own experiences, obviously influencing that. Um, but this book was a game changer for me. So about six years ago, I discovered the book. It's literally called intuitive eating. Um, and it's written by really two renowned dietitians and they, I think have since remade it to be a little bit more relevant because I was originally published late nineties, early nineties. Um, years ago, (laughs) but it still holds up to today's society. And there is, um, 10 principles that they kind of walk you through. And, um, there, the first one is breaking that dieting mentality. And this is kind of how I base my entire coaching program is I work around these principles of intuitive eating, but I also, um, love that in the book, it helps you, uh, kind of gauge where you're at personally in your journey. So, if you don't like reading, <laughs> there's things like Audible. Um, you can maybe Google the concept of intuitive eating, but I'm telling you, like this book is like my Bible, and it's such a good book. And if you're someone that's like struggling with emotional eating and or other um, poor relationships with food, and you're like, I'm trying to keep balance, but like I always just either am on or off. I there's no middle ground for me. Highly, 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 highly recommend this book. Um, and that is going to lead me into point number three. So within that book, this, uh, there are multiple, um, main styles of eating. So there's like the unconscious, um, eater. Um, there is the professional dieter. There is the emotional eater. Um, there's the waste, not eater. And there's these, that you could be a mixture of one. You could have been one when you were younger and now you're one when you're older. Um, you can be a combination of all of them. But the main thing that I want to bring to this third point, if you will, is that 
understanding your triggers is going to help you immensely. So if you don't know what is causing you or what is a uh, situation that causes you to kind of go off into the deep end, if you will, where like you're on or you're off or you're dieting or eating healthy or you're not eating healthy and you're obviously maybe listening to this podcast because you want to find that middle ground where you enjoy fun foods, but as I mentioned, you're not restrictive or you're not binging. Um, there are triggers that you may or may not have realized that are super, super important to be aware of. You cannot create a change if there is no sense of awareness. So if I don't believe that my habits are unhealthy, then why would I start to go on a healthy lifestyle change? There has to be some intention beyond like superficial things like, oh, um, I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to be 140 pounds at my weight or at my height. Like that's a really hard thing to stick to when it's like, there's no deeper reason maybe versus that you could say, well, you know what? I don't really feel good in my body and I want to learn to feel good. And you know, I know food affects my mood and um, it affects my vibration and it affects how I show up in this world. And maybe, you know what, maybe eating hamburgers and sandwiches every day at lunch isn't really serving my body, my mind and my soul. Maybe I can adjust my diet in this way and kind of be a little bit more conscious of what I'm putting on my plate and conscious of how much I'm eating so I don't feel sluggish, so I don't feel uncomfortably full, and uh, maybe I can reduce my bloating. These are more intentional behaviors. So if you find that like, oh my God, every time I'm in the presence of sweets, I tend to binge, How I the thing that I would say like to kind of dig deeper and ask like, what is your trigger? Like, well, what's going on in your life at that moment? Because maybe you were always taught like sweets are bad, or maybe you're going through a period of sadness, or maybe um, you are, I don't know, stressed out. This is where in that, within the book, Intuitive Eating, and also within a workshop that I do teach um, um, called Mastering Mindful Eating, where you're able to identify the uh, eating style you have. And so say you identify as, um, an emotional eater, then you're going to know that anytime you're feeling and a really uncomfortable emotion, like stress or heartbreak or whatever it is, then that's going to be a trigger for you. So you should know that, you know what, it's going to be like an automatic response for me to go to Seven Eleven and get a pint of Ben and Jerry's. But I know maybe that's going to be temporarily make me feel good. But at the end of the day, I'm going to feel guilt, shame, and it's just going to create this cycle. So let me replace that with a better habit. Maybe I call my mom or maybe I go to a yoga class because you know what? I'm really feeling stressed. You have to get really in tune with yourself because balance doesn't just come overnight. It's a process of getting to know who you are, how you show up in this world, how your body reacts, how you react. And this is what is going to gift you that tools with knowing, okay, that's going to send me off to the deep end. This is going to make me feel better. Let's find that space. And I'm drawing my hands together. I I talk with my hands a lot, but like that space where it's like, ah, perfect spot, this perfect blueprint for you right? Because it's not like I said in the beginning and I keep repeating myself, but hopefully this is driving down into your mind that like what you do, what your aunt Susan does, what your mom does, what your bestie does, what the girl you had in 
sophomore biology class and now she's on the keto diet and swears by not eating carbs is doing is different for you. And I can guarantee you the person on the keto diet, the person swearing by some product that they are not living a balanced lifestyle. Oh, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah, not a good one, right? Um, I don't think anything about omitting a food group as being balanced, not at all. So um, really diving deep and understanding like what is the root cause of all of the poor habits that you're trying to kind of maneuver and twink, uh, uh, trinket with drink. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just kind of like a jigsaw. Like you're putting the two pieces together and like, ah, that clicks or, Oh, I do this when I do that. And just asking yourself why or what and being really curious. That's going to be your best, um, my best piece of advice for that is just be curious and uh, introspective and go deep within. This is the antithesis of what a diet teaches us. It's purely physically focused. It's like, okay, have half cup rice and then four ounces of chicken breast. And if you can weigh it, it's better. And it's like, well, why am I doing that? And why do I have to eat every three hours? What if I'm not hungry every three hours? So you get my point. Um, the final aspect that I would say is really going to help you when you're on this journey of, uh, finding balance and how to just like navigate a healthy lifestyle change when life happens, um, is having accountability. So I always say that uh, there is nothing um, extremely special about my coaching except that A, because I've been where my clients have been and B, um, I'm able to recognize where they've been. So therefore, I am the the main reason people invest in me is for that accountability piece. Now, this isn't me selling my coaching services to you. However, if that is something you're interested, please message me. Um, but what I'm saying is you have to hold yourself accountable or even finding some system where you are held accountable. There has to be this aspect of discipline, not extreme discipline where like you punish yourself like with, uh, running because you had a donut. Um, I'm saying like, this is an aspect that we lose as adults because when we're younger and we're children, um, this is something that I took from a holistic psychologist on Instagram. I think that's her handle. And she says that we have to kind of learn to reparent ourselves. Not that our parents sucked at their jobs, but that when we become adults, we lose that aspect of discipline because it's like, oh, letting ourselves down, like we get really used to that feeling and are just like, nah, it's no big deal. But if we let someone else down or if someone else is witnessing our ability to kind of fall through with our goals, we're a little bit more like self-conscious of like, oh shit, like I actually need to be doing this thing or I can't just throw in the towel this time because I've invested in a trainer, I've invested in a coach. That is what is kind of like the game changer and why um, women and men that I've worked with or have undergone transformation and make it an entire lifestyle shift, whether that's with me or with someone else, is there was some sense of accountability because when no one's watching, what is it that you're doing? Are you at home binging on things? Again, finding that understanding of your triggers. Um, or are you putting in the work? 
this is like that sense of like integrity. Like, what do you do when you're the only one in the room? Like, do you, you show up for yourself just as powerfully as when that you have an entire audience, AKA social media or your mom or your coach or whatever it is. So you have to find that accountability, that discipline. So what is it that motivates you? So I have a client now who's like, you know what? I keep throwing in the towel with the gym and like I'll find like the stupidest excuses, like whether it's happy hour or whatever, um, I just like don't go or something happens. And it's kind of this the theme of this entire episode. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do is every time I uh, don't go to the gym, kind of like a curse jar, cussing jar, I'm going to put money in and I'm not going to be able to touch it from my savings. And she has that discipline where uh, she can't touch that money. Um, and she chooses not to, she's very like mindful of her finances. So, um, I have yet to check in with her on that. So I'll have to uh, check in and see how that's working. And this is all her idea. So I'm kind of just sitting back and witnessing them. And I'm like, this is exactly what people need is that sense of like, well, when you don't pay your bills, like what happens? You don't have power. Um, you don't have a home when you don't show up for yourself. Well, you don't have a body that you love. You don't, uh, your soul doesn't get to reside in a peaceful, free filled space. Uh, when you don't show up for yourself and we're not holding yourself accountable, then you just don't feel good. And you go through life, like not feeling good. And that's not what we are here for to be miserable and trapped and lost and uh, misunderstood. Um, Our souls want to get to know us, but there's just so much cloudiness. There's just so much external force, if you will, that's just trying to influence us. And it's our job to go inside and understand that for us. So ask yourself, what is going to hold me accountable? Is it spending money money in a coach? Maybe you're not motivated by money, or maybe you don't really care what other people think, but... (laughs) There's got to be something that you're like, all right, like, uh, if I go to a workout class every week, um, maybe it's not like, I can't just like quit 15 minutes in. And that's what I tend to do when I'm working out at home, you know? So that would be my top four suggestions, if you will, or tips that, or things, uh, that can help you really navigate a mindful, balanced lifestyle shift because Life always happens. Um, We can't predict it. And the only thing that we can control in this world is our energy, ourselves, how we show up within it all. And if we're constantly victim to it and we're not taking a stance for ourselves, that's when we're like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. I might as well not do it. And it's like, you don't have to live like that. You can totally have your cake and eat it too. Um, so I'd love to know what your opinions, thoughts, or, um, questions you have. So feel free to join my Facebook group, nutrition for the soul. So it's facebook.com slash groups slash nutrition for the soul. Um, I'll link that in the show notes, um, because I'm really interested in like, what are the exact situations where you feel super, super triggered? And maybe we can work through this um, through a conversation on the Facebook group. So I will definitely open that up once I make this episode live. Um, and please feel free um, to follow me on Instagram. I'm always talking about this sense of balance um, within my posts and my stories. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes if that's the platform that you're using on. It means so much and it lets me know that... Um, 
I'm continuing to make these episodes for people that are actually listening, not just my husband. (laughs) I'm still new to this podcasting thing. So um, until next time, I'm sending so much love and so much light to you all. Have a wonderful week ahead. 